Welcome to Bailey's Writing Tips Podcast, short stories episode number 37, a series of six worders and or 500 word maximum short stories, with one episode every four weeks, usually being released on a Sunday evening UK time. To date, these have been the flash fiction that have appeared on my blog as Flash Fiction Fridays, and I'll give out my email address out later should you like to submit your own. Today's stories are the sixth batch of six word stories, then Light Shadow by Jade Kennedy. The Wives by Christina England, and No Fun in the Snow by Chris Farley. I won't be critiquing them, but just simply reading them out, and I hope you enjoy this format. Firstly, the sixth batch of six-word stories, preceded by the relevant author's six-word biographies. Number one, by Elaine McKay, likes writing on paper. Her first six-worder, neglected kid, grew up and left. Number two, not our con man, ma'am, mistaken identity. Then two by Mark K, a writer trying hard. Number one, pop in at any time, Mary. Number two, I give blood, vampires take it. Then two by Orwen Thornber, creative dreamer, cancer survivor. Number one, wedding ring pawned, he left again. Number two, Orwin, Druid for Inspiration, Writer's Block. And two by Shell Cordero, Author, Passion and Suspense. Number one, Icy Roads, Crunching a Metal, I'm Gone. Number two, Sensual Touch, Making Love, Sated Slumber. Then two by Mark Morris, Enlightened and Newly Confident. Number one, waking, snuggling together, late for work. Number two, rejected, discouraged, persistent, resigned, writer's revelation. Then one by Callie Taylor, psychological suspense author, toddler wrangler. At my own wake, no one knows. Then two by Sarah Palmer, has no website, writer. Number one, took Jane a casserole. She cried. Number two, Toby wants his story after all. And then one by Jackie Sale, mother of adult children. Doorbell, Christmas, another parcel, not mine. Then two by Claire Maycock, Nature, History, Traditions. Birdsong in Sunshine, Hope Amid Winter. Number two, Seasons Change, Too Often Thoughts Stick. Then two by Peter Tickler, author of Fictional Deaths. Number one, red-suited corpse, roast venison, presents galore. Number two, bad review, dead reviewer, writer's revenge. And then two by Julia, SF, summer of 67, hippie, retired, old. Number one, mosquito bite, death on the Nile. Number two, withered rose pruned, bush beautiful again. Then two by Laura Rittenhouse, writer, gardener, beekeeper, traveller. Number one, she left, he returned, bad timing. Number two, surfs up, wave crashes, short gritty. And two by Veronica Bright, writer, not famous, yet. Number one, wanted. Calm flatmate, 
must love snakes. Number two, incarcerated princess seek prince. Phone asylum. And then two by Karen Bate, Canadian author of Memories. I'll have a go at this one. The first one, a happy, merry, Hannah Solsty Festiva Christmas Kwanzaka to all. And number two, New Year's, New Hope, Another Day. And one by Karen Bate's husband. Red-nosed reindeer, maybe he's drunk. And finally, two from yours truly, Morgan Bailey. Morgan with an E. Radio on, news flash, now feel sick. Number two, collection became obsession, no money left. And then moving on to our longer pieces. Firstly, Light Shadow by Jade Kennedy. We are taught that we're blessed, too far away, and all life would never have begun. The earth would have become cold and lifeless as iron. Too close and our planet would have raged under clouds of toxins and withered under its own suffocating heat. We live perfectly, travelling through a green and vibrant celestial sea around our young sun. We saw our fellow traveller early in the 1700s through a modern telescope, a work of art sculpted out of bronze and glass by an avid Irish stargazer. Best seen at dusk, close to the setting sun, it was named Scath Eardrum, meaning a light shadow. We were suddenly not alone in our tranquil green sea, and this planet faced us as our shadow from across the stars. Many poems and stories followed its discovery, and its magic worked its way into our fairy tales and myths. Some said the people living there were giants of fortune and abundance. They lived and breathed in silver and gold. Every wish cast during a waxing moon upon light shadow was sure to be granted. In some tales this was a planet of red and deep madness, of a people that lived in caves with no eyes or mouths, and knew nothing of their own existence, and that wishes cast could not be seen by blind eyes, or that blindness itself would befall the hopeful. As the years carried us forward, technology shone a curious light on light shadow, and it was discovered to be a fruitful Eden, green and lush like our own, with land and sea, and a large atmosphere, even more curiosity was created by these discoveries. Scientists wrote book after book of theories, meanings and predictions, gave heated and grand debates. Technology could not evolve fast enough, and we were falling over ourselves to find a way to finally speak over the void of space. When the time came to broadcast our voices to the long unknown neighbours, it was greeted with uncontained joy and time-consuming preparation. Our world was, for once, deathly silent, as the greeting was carried into space, breath held, heartbeat quickened, children silenced, History was waiting. We received nothing more than white noise and a heart-breaking quiet. Now we have The Wives by Christina England. Marcia measured out flour and dumped it into a bowl. A cloud surrounded her, leaving white dust on her clothes. She leaned against the counter for a minute, still digesting the news she'd received from the wives that week. She reached over and grabbed the almost empty bottle of bourbon, sucked down the last drops and threw it in the trash. 
The bottle thumped against the bottom of the bin. The phone rang. She grabbed it quickly so that the ring didn't wake her husband, Michael. Hi, darling. Stacy, the lead wife of the law office wives. Hi. Are the cupcakes done? Almost. Fantastic. Beth, Pam and I are so proud of you. Marcia looked over at the batter. Thanks, I guess. She hung up the phone and mashed up the last ingredient. She stirred it in until she could no longer tell it was there. She went to taste the batter, then stopped herself. Marcia felt a finger jab her shoulder. She looked up. Michael stood above her dressed for work. He looked her over. Did you sleep here all night? Marcia looked around her. I guess I did. Where are the cupcakes? I put them in your car so you didn't forget them. I don't forget things. I know. Marcia glanced at Michael, impeccably dressed. He always did play the lawyer role well. Oh, hey, Nancy can't have the cupcakes. As Marcia said her name, she pictured Nancy, her friend, Michael's secretary. Why not? I used almond milk. Michael scowled. You know she's allergic to almonds. I know, but it was the only milk in the house. I'm sorry. Michael leaned forward, then pulled back. Marcia flinched, her body well aware of the bruises it had already worn over the past five years of marriage. Michael left without a goodbye. Marcia got up and went upstairs to pack. The phone rang. She leaned over and read the caller ID. Michael's office. Hi, Nancy. Have uh, have the husbands eaten the cupcakes? You betcha they did. The bathroom is quite lively, Nancy chuckled. Oh, nice touch with the almond milk story. Michael was in a real tizzy. Marcia didn't respond. Listen, honey, I'm sorry you had to find out about Michael and Lizzie, but it's good in a way. You're worth more than him. Marcia nodded. Are the wives still coming over? Yep, I made them good cupcakes to celebrate. Then Beth's taking me to the airport. I left the divorce papers on the table. You go, girl. Marcia glanced out the window. The wives had arrived. Why don't they leave their husbands? I don't know. I think they enjoy the revenge aspect, but you, your situation is different. Michael, he's dangerous. Marcia nodded. I'll miss you, hun, she said, and hung up before Nancy could say goodbye. She opened the front door, greeting the wives with a reluctant smile. And now the final story for this episode. No Fun in the Snow by Christopher Farley. The snow chains on the rear wheels were making for an uncomfortable ride home. The snow had been falling for two days, a continuous heavy fall. However, the wind had got up over the last hour and sometimes threw it against the bus, as if trying to find a way into the warm. Finally, John heard the engine change pitch as it started up the long hill towards home. The bus pulled in at the curb and he lowered himself to the pavement. He waved to the driver as the doors closed with a mechanical hiss and the bus moved on into the snowy night. Across the road he saw a tall man standing, topped by a flat cap, pulled down on one side of the face, and he had a cigarette in his mouth, the glowing end the only animate thing about him. John turned his face to the weather and started walking. In the snow-broken silence he heard a vague movement, indicating the man had started walking too. At the junction he turned left, shocked as the wind barrelled into him 
and snow tore into his face. He glanced behind. The man had stopped, looking at a snowman in one of the gardens, a cigarette throwing off a small flaring orange light beneath the cap as he looked around. John considered confrontation, but that would mean either waiting or going back, and the wind, now banshee wailing through the telephone wires, helped him decide against such a move, so he started walking. The half-mile or so would take only ten minutes even in these conditions. He strained his ears, and was not surprised to hear the sound of the man behind him, again sounding no nearer, yet no further away. Breathing hard at the top of the road, he turned into the cul-de-sac, reaching in his pocket for his house keys. Entering the front garden, he turned to close the gate. The man was at the end of the road he'd just walked up, looking around as if lost or confused about his surroundings. He wasn't confused enough not to have another lit cigarette in his mouth, John noticed, as he let himself in and locked the door behind, turning on the hall light. He took off his coat and made his way upstairs. He looked out the studio window. The tall man was over the road, looking up at the window, an orange glow beneath the cap, which he now lifted, revealing a second orange glare, his eyes. A larger orange glow. The flames from the very gates of hell appeared as he opened his mouth, laughing. The figure crossed the road, leaving black, steaming holes in the snow not taking his eyes from the window. John felt his knees buckle as the front door crashed and splintered and the first footfalls fell on the stairs. And now a little about the authors of these three flash fiction pieces. Jade Kennedy is a writer of poetry, prose, flash fiction and a collector of borrowed expressions. She lives in East Yorkshire, UK and her poetry has been included in various scenes and she's now looking to find more homes for her flash fiction. She writes a blog, Poetry Musings, at jadekennedypoet.blogspot.co.uk. Christina England resides in Worcester, Massachusetts, USA. Her writing is published or forthcoming in Extracts, Gargoyle, The Story Shack and other journals. Visit christinaengland.blogspot.com for more on her writing. Christopher Farley. He lived a sheltered life in the wilds of Kent, England, from where he was saved by the written word, so much so that he still corresponds with certain people with pen and paper. Upon moving to London, a bit like Dick Whittington, searching for streets of gold, he happened upon a beautiful Italian lady, who later decided to take him to the sunny realms of southern Switzerland, where he can still be found, smiling inanely, continuously in search of vice beer. When he's not working or drinking, he sits in front of the computer, searching for fictional inspiration. You can find Chris via his blogs, christopherfarley.wordpress.com and talkingtosh.com. .wordpress.com That's it for this episode. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed it and I look forward to bringing you the next episode of Short Stories in four weeks' time. All the links mentioned in these shows are listed on the podcast Short Stories page of my blog which is morganbailey.wordpress.com and the spelling of my first name is M-O-R-G-E-N so it's morganbailey.wordpress.com and my email address is morgan at morganbailey.com if you'd like to submit your own six-word stories, I run three per episode, and your six-word biography. 
or a longer piece under 500 words. This podcast is available via iTunes, Google's FeedBurner, Podbean when it catches up, Podcasters, which takes even longer, or Podcast Alley, which doesn't list the episodes but will let you subscribe. Thank you.